Hey everybody and welcome to the Health Tech Podcast where we talk about everything healthcare and technology. I'm your host, James Somaru, and this is your weekly Sunday session. Hey everybody, hope you're having a wonderful week this week and happy Sunday. Coming to you a bit late this evening, I've been uh, moving house, so lots of things to do and lots of uh, boxes to unpack and things, but anyway... I have also been writing an article for a publication called the AI Journal, which you may or may not know, but they obviously do quite a lot of AI. Anyway, they've got a report coming out very soon for this year on AI and healthcare, and quite a lot of people that I know have been writing articles for that, and I've been penning one myself. So what I thought I'd do today is essentially go through a bit of what I wrote in that article and just tell you my thoughts on what's happening in AI in healthcare. So it's a funny one, AI, isn't it? It's kind of no longer in healthcare or anywhere the mysterious technological unknown that I suppose it once was. It's now arguably woven into the fabric of all our daily lives. You know, Alexa will tell you the weather in the morning. It'll stick a playlist on from Spotify that's, you know, bang on your music choices. You'll go shopping and Tesco will use your data from all your previous purchases on your club card and and predict and send you vouchers for what you should buy next. It's going to predict all your body cycles and sleep cycles and, and tell you when to wake up. Facebook's going to throw ads at you when you wake up, informed by all those different browsing habits. So I guess it's absolutely everywhere in our lives now. And I think it's coming round to that in healthcare too. We've we've seen and heard from so many startups on this podcast that are using AI or doing some sort of AI in, in whatever they're trying to do in their products. The likes of Hugh Harvey that have talked about entire pretty much sectors like radiology and, and how lots of different startups in radiology are using AI now to, to help with diagnosis. So I suppose unlike any other technology in healthcare, AI is able to use these algorithms based on existing data, machine learning, and actually speed up diagnosis, mimicking learning and development processes of the human brain with whatever information is put into it. So it's, it's kind of staggering, I guess, that AI can actually use this data to better inform medical advice and, and you know, transcend us from what, what we can do as just humans and, and help with that diagnosis and intervention. And I, I guess that's what is exciting to me, right? It's exciting to me because, and you know, people ask me this all the time, actually. They say, what technologies are exciting you in healthcare? And it's kind of a boring answer. It's one they've had for a long time. But I tend to say that it's things that actually make a difference and things that actually do get adopted and used. And I think we're, we're getting there with AI. We're, we pretty much are there. It's definitely being used. We've seen the deployment of, of products by AI startups specifically, by companies more generally that are using a bit of AI. It is happening in healthcare right now. And I guess that's why it's exciting to me. So drug discovery through to automation of diagnosis, increasing patient engagement, increasing adherence. There is so many things that AI is doing in healthcare right now and the potential of it, given its ability to problem solve and automate processes is absolutely enormous. So in penning this article for the AI AI Journal, I actually uh, spoke to a few of the startups that I know, a few that have been on this podcast and just sort of got an update from them on what they're doing. And uh, yeah, here's a few of those.
So Graham from MTech Labs, you've heard from him a couple of times in the last few weeks actually on this podcast. So MTech Labs' VR headset collects a huge amount of biometric data as you are immersed in that VR world and they measure your emotions as, you, as you're in that world. So they, they're using it to treat actually mental health conditions because as well as uh, the AI basically identifying the correct protocol, it can actually play an important role in what they call dosage control. So if you're in something like exposure therapy, uh, what the AI is going to do is is take those biometrics that you are feeling as you're in that VR environment, and it's going to inform and I suppose reinform the the environment to change it so that you are at the absolute optimal level of what they would define as arousal. So. Uh, not too overstimulated or understimulated, I guess, so that you're getting the maximum amount of therapeutic effect of that exposure therapy. And they're doing that obviously using all all those biometrics, a heart rate, EMG, all that sort of stuff. So that AI algorithm is getting fed by a heck of a lot of data to be doing that stuff. Next up, Febris. So if you are an avid listener to this podcast, you might remember Febris. Uh, they came on, I think, like episode four or something, like really early on. But they actually came back relatively recently at the start of the pandemic to talk about what they're doing with care homes. So they got rapidly deployed into a load of care homes in London because of their AI's ability to help uh, during the pandemic. So they, I mean, again, to cut a long story short, for, for any clinicians and medics listening, they kind of automate the early warning score. So the way they describe it is their AI-powered mobile health platform uses algorithms to monitor a person's health status through existing medical sensors. And yeah, they essentially perform this checkup um, and all kind of wireless remote, etc., can be operated on, you know, it can be used by somebody who's not been medically trained, which saves up loads of clinical time, loads of resources. It can, you know, open up new models of care in both the developed and developing worlds, which is incredibly useful. And I'll talk about the, the requirement for access to AI a bit later. Um, but yeah, they are, as I say, getting rapidly deployed across uh, across London now in lots of different care homes. So again, an example of AI being used both in COVID-19, but actually for, for new models of care. So third up, Timber Health, you may remember from a few weeks or probably months now, time flies ago. So Timper Health's an interesting one there. They're obviously focused on the, the transformation of ear and hearing care. And you kind of wonder, you know, how can AI be used there? Well... If you think about what uh, Google and DeepMind were doing at Moorfields, which is the eye hospital, so they were taking all those retinal images and uh, you know labeling them and, and using them for diagnosis and, and prediction of eye health disease, Timper Health are actually looking to do something relatively similar um, in ear health. And so obviously they are getting lots of pictures of eardrums. They're collecting this huge database of visual imagery. And so they have a team of machine learning experts to help them embed the technology into the kind of Timber Health processes and platforms effectively to, to increase that diagnostic capability and ultimately improve patient outcomes. So Ampersand Health are another one, and if you didn't know that they did AI, they absolutely do. So if you don't know Ampersand, they are focused around inflammatory conditions, which are these kind of complex lifelong conditions that have periods of remission and flare-ups and things like that. 
Anyway, as a result, self-management is absolutely crucial for these patients having a better quality of life and kind of staving off those flare-ups. And so what Ampersand Health do through a series of tools and education and means of, of contacting their clinicians with their symptoms whenever, so not just when they turn up to clinic, all of that stuff is leading to lots and lots and lots of data being generated, which is being put through uh, computational models and statistical models to reveal insights and identify relationships between data points that previously go unnoticed by the human eye. So that's basically enabling the deployment of these kind of adaptive interventions into their digital therapeutics and you know recommending courses to users when they need them and you know lots of different things like that basically. And I spoke to Mendelian who are doing AI for rare disease diagnosis and what they say is they use state-of-the-art technology, data capture and the latest medical knowledge to enable and improve that rare disease diagnosis. So what they've done is encoded case finding criteria for all these hard to diagnose diseases into their product's digital library so it's ready to basically apply to any medical record system. So it's used by primary care physicians. Uh, they're often the patient's first port of call for any health issue, especially when they've got a rare disease and they're often back and forth to try and figure out what that is. It could often take years, but the AI product by Mendelian helps to narrow down all of those possible causation symptoms and produces this report, basically suggesting the next steps based on probability for the, uh, for the best chance of diagnosis in the shortest amount of time. So as you can see from all those conversations I've had, that the theme is essentially collecting lots of data, isn't it? And that's obviously what humans can't do as well, uh, both collecting that, I suppose, at scale, but also then processing it to find those correlations between data points. And I think that's what AI is doing extremely well across all of those different examples. Now, obviously, that list of startups is not exhaustive. There's loads and loads and loads and loads of startups before you all get in touch with me and say there's loads more. Um, I know that lots of people are doing this. I know that it's increasing in popularity. I think what is interesting about all those people that I've mentioned is that it's happening right now and it's being adopted. Now, one thing I do want to mention today is the is the but, essentially. So obviously when it comes to AI, people love to get excited. I love to get excited. I love to see it working. I love to see it adopted. I love to see the studies in nature and the Lancet Digital Health and you know all those different places where we're starting to see real studies and real effects and real impact, I guess. But we need to remember that we are still in the very, very, very early days of this technology, particularly the early days of it being adopted and being used in various different clinical pathways. And I suppose the three areas that I think, and having spoken to all those other people, that we think that AI needs to be looked at, or the three lenses that I suppose AI needs to be looked at in order to remain important and ethical and responsible are these three. So the ethics and trust is one big area, and you could argue these next two form part of that, but regulation is the second one that I've got here, and the third one is access. And so when it comes to ethics and trust, I think as AI continues to develop, as it's capable of collecting more and more individual data, that kind of ethical challenge gets deeper and deeper. And I think it's around things like over surveillance and responsible data collection. I think with us all, you know, wearing wearables and 
Google know more about our health based on what we search for than even our GP probably. I think those issues, you know, over surveillance, responsible data collection, they need to be addressed directly and clearly. And you see this play out. And, you know, when we spoke to Hugh on this podcast, Hugh Harvey and a few of the other AI companies actually that, that really bang the drum about this stuff, it ends up being the companies that perform well. Are those actually the ones demonstrating the right steps to protecting patient data, the ones that are actually doing the boring stuff? And I think when it comes to patients and it comes to healthcare, I think, you know, enabling those individuals to feel empowered knowing their own data, particularly in terms of health, is contributing or improving a service. I know that for things like rare diseases and you know other areas of disease, patients are actually extremely willing to give up their data if it helps contribute to somebody else potentially feeling better in the future. I think it's just about being upfront about those things and allowing those people to then gift their data so that they are able to contribute to a greater good. There's actually something called the Institute for Ethical AI and Machine Learning. I'll stick the description of it in, in the, uh, oh, sorry, I'll stick the link to it in the description of this episode. But if you're interested in the ethics of AI, which I think is an ever increasingly important field, but also a field that I think will grow and grow in uh, its, I suppose, jurisdiction and its <laughs> ability to do things. But I will, as I say, stick the link in the description. It's a really cool organization. They carry out really highly technical research into these processes and frameworks to support the responsible development, deployment, and operation of machine learning systems. They've got eight machine learning principles. I'm not going to go through them today, but it's essentially a practical framework put together by these domain experts, you know, machine learning engineers, data scientists, industry, policy, professors, you know, all those different people. And uh, yeah, I, I really encourage you to look at that if you're interested in it. It's, um, it. it's a really good read. So next is regulation. It's absolutely undoubted that there's a need for greater regulation of AI to, to personalize healthcare and all those different things. We know the FDA is preparing to regulate medical products that use AI machine learning. We've got the NHS AI lab that's doing stuff with loads of different regulators across the UK to put clear pathways in for this sort of stuff. It's not easy. It's moving quick. It's tough to keep up. But what I do see is obviously with the FDA and the NHS, the regulatory side is catching up. They're working in partnership in tandem with a lot of organizations. And, you know, we've heard from previous podcast episodes that what I think at the of, of NHSX and the AI Lab and what they're doing is just awesome. So I think um, I think it's all going very well from a regulatory perspective. I just don't think the foot can ever be taken off the gas just because things are moving so, so, so quickly. And uh, the regulation is just going to mean that people stay safe. And the third one is access. And I think this is a conversation that actually goes beyond AI into actually health tech more generally, that we need to make sure that these kind of innovative, personalized, high-tech treatments are not just available to a subset of the population who just happen to be able to afford it. I think it results in an unequal society, uh, results in data sets skewed by just those that happen to be available or in the right demographic or whatever it is. It, it doesn't it doesn't promote fairness and it doesn't sit well with me and I actually get asked it quite a lot on panels you know and I don't often have a good answer for for how the health tech world is actually ensuring that it's not just on this kind of trickle down theory of 
well, if it's an expensive device, it's going to go to you know these people first, and then and then it'll get cheaper and the rest of it. I'm not convinced that's the right way to do it. And actually, thinking about it, if you look at what Febris are doing, so you know automating that early warning score, they're actually deploying that in rural India and all these different places because part of what they're doing with AI is making sure that you don't need a medical degree to use the devices. By doing that, you get these brand new models of care. You get people all around the world able to use the kit and actually that's a real tangible example of how ai is actually widening access and widening participation so i think it, it's it's through those types of models that actually ai can widen access it is just something we need to absolutely pay attention to to make sure that we're putting the right regulatory things in place the right you know ethical standards in place to make sure that that not only we aim for it, that, that we actually do achieve it with the new health tech and the new, new AI that we do develop. And finally, just I suppose a little bit on that is to talk about workforce and not that I expect AI to completely, you know, wipe out the need for certain jobs and, and anything like that and have any kind of dramatic effect on the workforce anytime soon. I do expect there to be a bit of a shift and and with the topple review that came out if you guys don't know eric topple is i believe a u.s cardiologist who uh wrote a review for the nhs on what the future technology is likely to do for the workforce and made some recommendations in there set out this kind of future for digital health i think it's not about preparing for a world where we don't have as highly trained clinicians it's actually about preparing the the current workforce for that digital future i think it is about changing roles i think it is about people potentially becoming more generalist allowing technology to do things that are more specific it's it's going to change things up i think it's going to require actually new skills and people with with new knowledge that understand more about technology that understand more about critically appraising ai and all these different things i, th- I think that is the the future of, of of the workforce i actually wrote a forbes article on it if uh, i might stick that in the description episode as well and that was quite a while ago and the top review came out but yeah feel free to give that a read if you're interested in uh, my thoughts on the workforce and finally, I just want to give credit to everybody in this space. You know, I'm, I suppose, looking at this from a zoomed out view. I'm, I guess, an industry commentator. I write about what's going on. I speak to the people doing this. I've just got a huge amount of respect for the entrepreneurs that are trying to make, you know, some serious headway in this sort of stuff. It really is pioneering stuff. And not just the technology, the business models, the way these things are adopted, the way these things are measured, like actually trying to scale this stuff in the UK or the US or you know anywhere right now is incredibly difficult. But I think there's huge value in us doing it. I think we're almost there in terms of figuring out the scalable models in AI in the UK right now. And yeah, my final point is that I just have a huge amount of respect in the, for the people doing it and not just the entrepreneurs, by the way, even the likes of the, you know, the NHSX AI lab, the FDA, everybody that's working from a regulatory perspective, the, um, the ethics of AI and everybody doing things there too to set those standards. I think it's all going to come together and it seems to be coming together extremely nicely and, and also there as well you know the academics in this field that are that are doing the research and putting the papers out on this sort of stuff working with industry and everybody to get this stuff out i think um i think the future's bright for ai and healthcare and head over 
to the description of the episode if you want to click on a few links to read a bit more. Um, but that's all I've got for you this week, guys, this Sunday. I'm going to come to you on Thursday with uh, the next episode. Can't remember who it's with, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure it's a good one. Um, cool. Have a good uh, Have a good week, guys. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.